So I'm going to talk about this super controversial topic, money. Very polarizing thing. I love talking about money. Um, so as, as Charles mentioned, um, you know, I'm in business. I've been in investment banking for uh, a, a long time now. You know, I know I look like I'm 19, but I am, I'm old. Um, and, uh, but I've been in, in banking for a long time. So if you, if you want to know, like, what does an investment banker preach like? Well, that, you're going to find out. So that's going to be exciting, you know. So I've, I have been preaching now for a little over a year or two. Um, oh, by the way, quick side note. If I, anytime I say age or number, it's completely false. So if I say I'm 15, just know I'm not. I'm under 30, um, you know, when that happened. If I say this happened yesterday, it may have happened three years ago. I just don't remember. So to me, it felt like yesterday, and that's great. But, you know, we're going to talk about money today because it's an extremely important topic, and I'm going to share why that's such an important topic. But before I do that, I want to just, like, bathe this kind of start off with God's love. And why I want to do that, because it is linked to money. It is linked to everything. It's linked to everything in here because everything he's doing is because he loves us. And not just loves us, you know, with an imperfect love, but loves us with a perfect love. He is passionate for you. When he looks at you, he's just like, you are my favorite person in the world. That's how he feels towards us. When he looks at you, he's just like, I see no stain upon you. Um, and, you know, that beautiful song that David sang after, after communion, you know, the more I know him, the more I love him. And it's true. The more I know him, the more I love him. More than that, the more I know his love, the more I love him, right? So it's just like, and so he's a, he's a jealous God, right? He's, he, he wants our affection and he's jealous for that. He wants to be our savior. And so uh, I want to just read something out of Psalm 139, which has nothing to do with love, but it helps kind of set a little bit of a stage. Uh, Psalm 139, O Lord, you've examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I stand, when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away, which is scary. I don't know if I want anyone to know me fully, especially my thoughts and what I'm about to say, because then you might not like me as much. But he knows every single detail about us. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. And I love that vision of a father placing his hand on his daughter's head with love and imparting blessing to that child. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. It, it's amazing to think that the creator of heaven and earth thinks about me all day long. Right? That's just it's a crazy concept, right? The creator of heaven and earth thinks about you. And you know what those thoughts are about you? They're for your blessing. He's so in love with you. He has, he has more thoughts than the grain of sand. So he's constantly thinking about you and thinking about how much he loves you and how much he desires to bless you. And with that said, he doesn't want anything to get in the way of that. This whole book is really to restore that communion with God that was lost 
in the Garden of Eden. He wants and longs to commune with us and he longs and wants to bless us. And, I, and what I want to talk about today is I want to release blessing to this group. Not just financial blessing, but, but spiritual blessing as well. And, and often there's something that stands in the way of that. And sometimes what stands in the way of that is, is how, we view, how we view money um, and we, in the, where our affection lies uh, and where our heart and where we find our security. And I get into how that can be a slippery and dangerous thing. And just quick, you know, spoiler alert, uh, God doesn't need your money. Just to throw that out there and get that out of the way, he doesn't need your money, right? Last I checked, he owns everything already. He's all complete. He needs nothing. But what he is after is he's after your heart, right? He's after your heart and he wants your heart. And when you give him your heart, then he, he's, he's, he wants to open up the floodgates and he wants to pour out blessing on you. But if, if your heart isn't, isn't with him, and if your heart isn't seeking, if you're not seeking first the kingdom of God, and you're sidetracked with all the stuff that this world has to offer, it puts God in the spot where I, I can't pour out blessings on you like I want to, because your heart's not there. I don't want to bless you with more finances if that's just going to drive you even that much farther away from my security and how much you're trusting in me. So with that understanding, um, I want to really talk about um, giving our heart and our affections to the Lord. And giving is the gateway to blessing. It is the gateway to blessing. If you want to be blessed, it starts with giving. Give and you will receive. It's not, hey, God's going to bless you with all this stuff. And once you get all this stuff and this, this, this great job and this finances, then you can start giving. No, you give and then you receive. Giving is the gateway to blessing. And we're gonna, obviously we're talking about money, but it has, it's intrinsically linked to your spiritual life as well, which we're going to see in this great sermon I'm about to deliver. So with that, that was my intro. And I used up 10 minutes of my intro. Oh, that's what's supposed to talk about time. Okay. Praise the Lord. You ready? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you are so good. Lord, you're just so good. And we're just, we're thankful people. And you love us so much that you take time to stop our lives and say, hey, this isn't right. Let's move this so I can pour out more blessings onto you. Lord, you long and desire to be with us. You long and desire to bless us, Lord. May the words of my mouth speak and reach into these hearts, Lord, and may it provide freedom from bondage, Lord, and uh, find a way towards blessing, Lord. And if I say something that is not of you, Lord, may it just be washed away. In your name, amen. All right, that was a great prayer. All right. So, title please. Love and money. Super spiritual, right? Uh, I could be love of money, love for money. Um, we're going to try to get to, you know, love with money. Um, but I like having these two words up because, you know, as gross as they are to look at for some people, you, can't sep- you really can't separate the two. Um, I can show you how much love you have with what you do with your finances. And if your finances aren't ordered according to God's plan, then your love isn't going to flow properly. Um, so these words are very intrinsically linked. Um, and it's something that can really change your life, right? This is, 
you know, money is a very polarizing word. Some people just, they get this anxiety. They don't like to talk about it. They don't like to think about it. Your guard's going up. Is he going to ask for my money? What's happening? Um, other people, they look at that word money, and this is what happened to me. When I'm young, I'm just like, you know, there's something like a, a little bit of greed would pop up. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get me some of that. Like, that's, you know, that's what I want. Um, and uh, but money is important. If it wasn't important, it wouldn't be mentioned a whole lot in the Bible, right? Do not be drunk with wine. Important topic. It's mentioned. I should have looked this up in between services, but I don't know, three times, four times, you know, not a ton of times, but if, you know, a few. Faith. I don't know how much you guys are familiar with this book, but faith's relatively important, right? Um, it's mentioned like 500 times in the Bible. It's a fair amount. Prayer, pretty important. It's mentioned, you know, a little bit under 500 times, give or take. Um, but money, finances, possessions, is mentioned over 2,000 times in the Bible, right? So it's obviously the Holy Spirit's writing and having the writers write about this because it's, it's an important part in our lives. Um, and because money can serve as kind of this uh, de facto God in our lives. It can, you know, if you're sick, it can provide a, you know, a way out. If your car breaks down, if you have finances, all of a sudden you just don't have to trust God. And it's this, subtle, this subtleness that can just kind of move away and your affections can go to the, the things of this world, which especially in today's culture and environment, right, with, with everything being thrown at your face, it's hard you know, not to sit back and just kind of be obsessed with the things of this world. And so there's two types of wealth, you know, we're going to talk about in the Bible. Um, obviously, there's material wealth, physical wealth, you know, money. It's obviously temporary. And then there's spiritual wealth, the things that we, it's ultimately important um, that we're going to talk about, which is obviously eternal. Um, so I grew up, you know, with not a lot of money. I actually came from Zimbabwe, Africa. Um, and I, we came over when I was like four years old. We came over with like literally $100 each. You weren't allowed to take money out of the country. Not that it mattered, because we didn't have any money to take out anyway. But uh, So we came to the United States. We didn't have any money. Um, we went, my dad was a pastor in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And, you know, we grew up, you know, poor. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you don't really realize you're poor when you're a kid. You know, you just realize, like, other kids just have stuff that you just don't. You know, and we lived in a small town that was pretty, you know, relatively poor town at the time. Um, and, you know, this kid brought in this watch this one day, and, you know, it was probably like a $5 Casio watch, but it, could, it had a stopwatch on it. And I'm like, man, that is awesome. And I wanted to push the buttons on it, but he wouldn't let me because he's a jerk. And, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and I'm just like, I just looked at that, and I'm just like, man, I want that, you know? And so something was kind of like birthed in me. Like, it's a little bit of this, almost like this poverty mentality, which I often find, it's, it's you know, everywhere, but often you see that in the church also. And, uh, you know, this kind of this, like, lack, you know, lack, you want what you don't have, you know? And so um, the first verse I ever, you know, so someone had asked me, you know, what do you want to do, you know, when you grow up? And I'm like, what pays the most? Because that's exactly what I want to do. And uh, the first verse, um, which is terrible to say this, but the first verse I ever learned was Ecclesiastes 10.19. A feast is made, for laughter and wine makes life merry, but money answers all things. Money is the answer to everything. And it's just like, you know, and it's, it's Solomon. You know, he's a relatively smart guy. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can get behind that. I mean, it's not, he's no Charles Stock, obviously, but, you know, he's still a pretty smart dude. And I'm like, okay, you know what? And so that was kind of my thing. And, and I, I tailored a lot of my life to that. And I grew up, obviously, in a Christian home, so I love the Lord, you know, I'm kind of, but there's this, 
this thing inside of me, just like there's this void that needed to be filled. Um, so then over, over time, uh, you know, we move, we move um, away from this church, which by the way, did I mention how great this church is? You don't appreciate it till you are at a different church. What you guys have here is unlike any other church. We went to another church, COVID, you know, our local church closed down. Wasn't the worst thing in the world because then we started coming here and uh, started Life Center Boca, which you shouldn't actually attend if you can come here because if you do attend there, then you won't appreciate here. So that's the, you know, but anyway, I'm kidding. Or am I? I don't know. You never know with me. I might be or I might not be. But anyway, so, um, so now we're, you know, this is about 10 years ago. 10 years ago, remember, my dates, it could be any time ago. We don't know. But it was more than five years ago. But less than 20 years ago. Get to the point. Over time, God started blessing me, you know, and, and I, my job started getting more and more successful. I went from investment bank to investment bank, and I started making a little bit more money, and I started to fill this thing. I'm just like, okay, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm getting me some of this, this money thing, and, um, and my hobby is investing, right? It's just, it's what I enjoy. Like, some people like fishing, you know, some people like hunting. I, I tried to do the hunting thing. I feel like I'd feel bad shooting the dead deer, because his wife would be like, where's Mikey? You know, and the kid's like, where's dad? I'm like, I don't know. I think some dude killed him. But no. But, so my enjoy, like, so, but I, I enjoy investing, right? So it's where my hobby was and stuff like that. So I got in this weird bad habit of um, just like counting my money at the end of the day. Like just kind of mentally, like almost all throughout the day, I'd be like, okay, I got this, this investment over here. You know, I have this retirement account over here. I got this... Um, this property over here that's kicking off some income and I'm kind of going through it, you know, because God had kind of, you know, blessed me with some, some resources and, and uh, I'm laying in bed one day and I'm just kind of thinking like, wow, you know, if I sold that, if, you know, if we downsize, if we sold this house, got a slightly smaller house, I could, I could probably retire today and kind of be done and, with this whole work thing. And that would be awesome. Um, and then I could just enjoy my life and I'm you know and, and actually I didn't say this before but I actually went so far you know I was thinking like I could buy land in Colorado I could pay it in cash I could have this passive income coming in I could I could definitely I could retire and um and I'm kind of going and I got in the habit of doing this all the time I'm laying in bed and and then God just drops the parable of the rich fool on me and you know how like God can drop something like a whole you know 10 minute argument and he can do it in a split second right? He just dropped this argument on me, and uh, I'm just like, gosh, that's like pretty harsh. Um, you, know, you know, I'm sensitive, right, Lord? Um, but it's, a, it's Luke uh, chapter 12, verse 13 through 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, and I'm going to paraphrase all these parables because I, I like to do that, and I can do whatever I want. Last time, Charles only gave me 15 minutes, so we'll see if I, you know, what happens now. If I don't see you next year, you know why. <laughs> so, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me judge or arbiter between you? Then he said to them, and I like this verse. We often don't spend a lot of time on this verse. Jesus says, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. God says so many of these amazing little tidbits just like on the side, you know, just like, oh, by the way, 
I like this term, watch out. Be on guard against all types of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of the possessions. And we hear that, but sometimes we don't live that. But the parable goes on. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what should I do? I have no place to store my crops. We know the story. He's like, what should I do? You know, I got an idea. I'll tear down this barn. I'll build a bigger barn. So then I'll have all, you know, enough room to store my grain in this barn. And then, you know, guess what? I'll have, you know, enough to be, eat, drink, and be merry, you know, for the rest of my life. And, uh, and God says to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. And so God put this on my heart, and I'm just like, gosh, you know, like, he's like, Derek, <laughs> I, you know, Jesus, like, I, I said it as a parable, you know, but you're like actually physically doing it. Like, you're like literally doing exactly what this farmer was doing. It was like in this embarrassing way, like, hey, I could tear down this rental apartments, and I could do this, and I could be fine. And he's like, you know, I didn't mean if you did like literally do it. And uh, I'm just like, wow. And then, and then, uh, God says, um, you fool, your, this night your life will be demanded of you. Fortunately, that part was not the case for me, but um, then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be. Whoever stores up for themselves, but is not rich toward God. And I'm thinking about this, I'm like, Lord, you know, I'm a you know, relatively good Christian. You know, I, I'm rich towards you. I mean, you know, I don't think you're right on this one, you know, completely. <laughs> and, uh, you know, let's, let's talk about this a little bit. Um, but uh, God is just, he started to show me that my affections were moving. And this is the danger with, with having. And I know I'm talking a lot about having. It's kind of aimed towards that. But these apply just as much as if you, if you don't have, right? Because you come out of a place, instead of greed, you come out of a place of fear. And where the fear is, the Lord is not, right? Um, but the Lord was just impressing on me, your heart is shifting and you don't even know it. Your affections are shifting. Where are you spending all your mental energy? Like, like right now. You know, you're thinking of, of this money, you're thinking of how this is, you know? And I'm like, this isn't the story of the, the evil farmer. He's not evil. He's just doing what we all kind of do. Like, he's, I, I thought he was being pretty smart. Yeah, you should build a bigger barn. I get that. You know, you can get a great loan out right now. Rates are low. Not anymore, but um, the guy's like, no, your, your heart is slowly moving away from me. Um, Matthew 13, uh, we're not going to dig into this too deep, but it, you know, we all know it's a, the parable of the sower. The farmer goes out and he's sowing seed and some falls on different types of ground. Uh, we're not going to go through all of it, but the one I will go to is uh, Matthew 13. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life, and here it comes, and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word. And he's like, this is starting to happen and you don't even know it. That's dangerous. It talks about finances 2,000 times because it, it's, it's a subtle thing. It's something that just kind of happens. You don't even realize it's happening. Mark 10, the story of the rich man. We all know this story also. Um, a certain rich man comes to the Lord. And it says, and he was a good man. He, he was a good man. He, and, uh, and he comes to the Lord and he said, you know, Jesus, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus says, you know, obey these commandments. Or honor your mother and father. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I've done all of these things. And he has because he's trying. 
He's a good, he's a good guy. He's trying to do the best and, he's, and he's, it's in proof. It, it calls him a good man and it's in proof and he's doing all these commandments. He's doing this. And, and the Lord looks at him and says, I forget which translation it is, but like Charles knows um, everything apparently. But um, uh, but it says, you know, Jesus looks at him with genuine love. He's just like, he, and I just can see the father's heart is breaking for this man. He's trying so hard. And Jesus says, yeah, but there's, there's just, you know, there's one thing. Sell all your possessions and give it to the poor and come and follow me. And what happened? He went away because he had much. Now, there's nothing wrong with having much, right? But Jesus knew that that man valued that wealth, that earthly wealth, more than the things of heaven. And I believe it broke his heart. He's just like, man, he has everything, but he's just, he's valuing that more. And then Jesus, to really, and I, no one's going to like this verse, but verse 24, you know, he goes on. Oh, wait, that's a completely different section, which we're going to get to, so be prepared. Um, I believe if, if, uh, if he wasn't, if, he did, if money did not have a hold on him, Jesus would never have asked him, you know? And this is the whole problem with, um, with having affections move away. It, it shuts off the valve, I believe, of God's blessing. When our affections are no longer towards him, you know, even though we're doing, we're doing well, but our affections is now moved, that blessing is, is shut off. And that blessing goes not just in the natural, but also in the spiritual. Matthew uh, 6, 19 through 34. We are going to read this a little bit. Treasures in heaven. Matthew 6, 19. So whenever we talk about tithing and stuff like this, we always talk about this often. Uh, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now this is God like giving actual financial advice. Where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong. I have a healthy bank account, a good investment account. There's nothing wrong with that if my affections aren't there. But it says here, and this is, if there was no good points, this is going to be the first really good point, okay? Um, I'm actually at like 15 points already, so I hope you're writing them all down. But. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So we all, we all read that and we kind of glaze over it. Oh, you know. And we have a habit of, of inverting this scripture. I know I've always kind of inverted the scripture. I'm just like, okay, well, I care about this, so I'm going to invest my time and my energy into this. You know, I care. I love the church. I love Life Center. So I'm going to give it some of my tithe because I'm a tither. You know, I'm going to give it some of my tithe um, because I care about my heart is here. So I'm going to give my tithe there. But that's, that's not what this verse says. It says, your heart will follow your treasure. Not your, your treasure follows your heart. So it's, a, it's, a, it's a little thing, but it's actually a massive, massive thing. Um, if you want to, have more affection towards missions and you want to have a bigger heart towards missions, take more of your treasure. And for the most part, it's talking about money, but it could be your time. It could be other resources that you have. It doesn't necessarily have to be money. Um, but if you're investing your treasure into the missions, into the church, your heart is going to follow that. You know, if you want to have a heart, Lord, I want to have more of a heart for you, a heart for your church. Invest your money there and your heart will follow. And I know this is true because when I would get money, I'd immediately go 
okay, I got this in, goes to my, my own account, and I'd be like, oh, okay, and then I'd look, okay, you know, I just bought this bond, it's gonna give me 7%, so it's gonna be this amount a year, and I'm just watching this thing grow, and, it's, and my heart ended up just being there in, in looking at this thing and making it grow. And now, it, it's good to a certain extent, it's good to be a good steward of what the Lord gave you, but I was sowing into something for myself versus for the kingdom. So where your treasure is, your heart will be also. I'm skipping down to verse 24, and this is the verse I said is, is a harsh one, but no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I feel like the Lord, uh, when there's certain things that all the ambiguity needs to be taken out, he does that, right? With certain things, he wants to be uber, uber clear. You cannot love both God and money. And I, I wish, you know, I wish it was like a little bit softer, like try not to love God and money. Or look, you have 100% of your love. You can't have more than 30% of it go to money, right? Because that's how I've, or I've always been. Like, okay, you know, doing this little thing. Okay, where's that sliding scale? Is it more on God's side? But no, if you're actively, if you love money, you're actively hating God. Hey, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just saying. God is... So I'm going to start moving a little into a little, a little bit that's been a little heavy. I get it. And it's a heavy on purpose, right? Because it's, it's just, I want, to, I want to click in. But I want to transition. All of this, the heaviness is there. You know, the, the, the warnings are there um, because God wants you to take it seriously because he ultimately wants to unleash blessing upon you. That's his goal. He wants, a, he wants you to live not in fear like, oh no, am I loving money too much? He's like, no, yeah, you are. If we can deal with this, I can unleash so much more blessing to you. Um, so I'm going to do this, this parable. We're going to go kind of heavy on parables here. Um, parable of the shrewd manager in Luke 16. I've always thought this was a super bizarre parable um, until recently. But uh, uh, this is a parable about the shrewd uh, manager. Um, Verse 1, Luke 16, verse 1. There's a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear you're doing? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. I'm going to start paraphrasing now. Um, you know, so so he, he calls in. So he's like, oh, no, I'm going to lose my job. I only have a short, certain amount of time left. This isn't good. So what does he do? He goes and he gets all the people that owed his manager money and he's like, okay, how much do you owe? I'm gonna take that money. Okay, you owe 900 gallons of oil, olive oil, okay. Now you only owe 450 gallons, okay? What about you? What do you owe? Okay, we're gonna chop it off. And he's being real shrewd about this because he knows that his job's about to end and his hope is, you know, after the job ends, he'll have some friends because they, he cut them all these deals, right? Like, what am I supposed to do with this parable, Lord? So... So, God, so Jesus says, you know, the master commanded the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. So similar to this, we're here for a short amount of time, just like he had, he had that job for a short amount of time. We're only on this earth for a certain amount of time, right? What can we do? but take our finances to make eternal friends, right? He's saying, use your money to bring people into the kingdom. You know, an eternal friend is someone that can come into the kingdom and welcome you into your eternal uh, dwelling. 
She's very clear, like, if you want to be shrewd, if you want to be good with your money, use it to bring people into the kingdom. But the real part I want to pull out from this, this uh, passage is if you go a little bit further down, I'm going to read nine one more time. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves. So that when it's gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. And here it comes. So if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? It's like right there, right? What God is going to entrust to you spiritually often depends with what you're doing financially. You know, Lord, uh, Lord, I want a bigger ministry. I want, I want you to move more mightily in me. I want, you know, I want these things to happen. I, I just want more blessings. I want more of you. You know, sometimes it's just, you know, well, how are you treating your finances? Are you honoring me with your finances? And it can be both ways. It can be from a lack, you know, um, stressed out, always wide awake finances. You know, are you trusting me with your finances? I love Jackie, what she said, you know, uh, it was the faithfulness of the Lord. You know, that, that made me like, start crying like right before I came up. I'm like, oh, great. I'm going to come up crying already. Um, but yeah, the faithfulness. Do you believe that I am faithful? You know, do you believe that I'm faithful? Um, but what, so if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Um, really quickly, uh, you know, we're not under the law anymore. Um, like we were in, in the Old Testament, we do this from grace, you know, grace through faith. Uh, when the Holy Spirit prompts us, it gives us the, the ability to give. Uh, so I want to kind of go into a little bit on the blessing side. Um, Malachi, last book in the New Testament, Old Testament. Um, it's going to start off heavy, just like my sermon, but it's going to end up amazing. <laughs> Malachi 3, why are you laughing at that? Uh, Malachi 3, 7. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, who are we to return? But a mere, will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings, you're under a curse. Okay, hashtag not ideal. But, but then the Lord says, your whole nation, because you are robbing me under this curse, but bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. How did they, go, how did they in the Old Testament go from, from this curse to this blessing? And I love this. The Lord says, test me in this, says the Lord. Bring the tithe into the storehouse and test me says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be, delightful, will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. The Lord, the Lord is longing to bless us, longing to, to pour out his, his blessing in us. And he says, test me in this. So I said earlier, I, I'm an investor, right? 
If I buy a car, I'm only going to buy it if I know it's going to hold this value. And maybe often I can sell them for more than I bought them for. Everything I do is in, in that vein. Um, and when I started to get a hold of like the idea of investing in the kingdom as the, the best investment I could possibly make, everything, all of a sudden, lights started turning on. Jackie, uh, Jackie Chan, probably him too, but Francis Chan. Um, Jackie Chan could act it out, but Francis Chan actually gave it. But has this great illustration. Um, he takes this rope, and he takes this rope, and, it's, and uh, imagine I'm holding a, a rope, right? And the rope goes all the way to your house, and it goes to 95, then it goes all the way to Life Center Boca, so it's like in, you know, 1,100 miles or so. So it's a really long rope. And this rope represents, it's a timeline, right? It's a timeline of your life, right? Well, the, the front of the rope is only about two inches long, and let's pretend this... Are you guys good at imagining? Are you with me? Yeah, okay. The front of the rope is red. That represents your time on earth. The first two inches of your time on earth. The rest of the rope is all of eternity, going 1,100 miles, super long, right? So this first two inches is our life, our life here on earth. So the first beginning of our life, you know, we're young, we don't know what's going on, we're going to school, I'm meeting Anastasia, getting married. Right around here, I start worrying about money, and I'm obsessing about this last half an inch of, you know, that's when I want to save up, I want to have money for retirement, all this kind of stuff. And I'm obsessing. And this is, by the way, I think what God just sometimes just loses his, he's just like, you're so obsessed with this little quarter of an inch and you're not even thinking about this 1,100 miles of eternity. You know, and we don't have that eternal mindset. And, and then giving is this weird thing. Giving is a unique spiritual exercise. It is, you know, in investments today, you can't say, yes, say the word guarantee. No investment is allowed to use the word guarantee. But giving is a spiritual law, and it is a guarantee. When you give, you will receive. Who knows spiritual laws are more powerful than physical laws? Physical laws can be broken, right? Um, spiritual laws cannot be broken. They are eternal. And God said, it's this weird thing. You can actually take money and tap into the supernatural, right? I can take money and I can invest it here into the kingdom and then I get to enjoy that investment for the next 1,100 miles, right? And it goes on and on and on. Um, and it's, when I kind of caught that, I'm just like, wow, why would I, from a pure selfish standpoint, why would I not want to do that? Invest in the kingdom. Invest my time, my energies, and my finances into the kingdom. And all of a sudden, and God's like, yeah, that's why like, I, hate, I hate this money thing that grabs a hold of people because they're missing out on so much I have to give. Um, Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give and you will receive. Right? This is a spiritual principle. It's a law. It just works. And notice it says... Give, and you will receive. Not, Lord, once you bless me, I'll have enough, and then I'm going to start giving. It's going to be awesome. Lord, I had so many plans for you. I just need, I need this new job. I need this blessing. God's like, no. No, you give, and then you receive. Giving is your gateway. Just like, Lord, and the Lord says, you know, test me in this. That's a powerful thing. Test me in this, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates. Give, and this is Jesus talking, Luke 6, 38. I mean, the whole Bible is good, but when it's Jesus talking, you feel like, well, it's extra good. But the Holy Spirit's like, thanks, I wrote the whole thing. Um, Luke 6, 38. Give, and you will receive. That was actually pretty funny. Uh, 
your gift will return to you in full, pressed down. This is Jesus. Jesus doesn't exaggerate. I'm going to read it again. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Because who knows God is a generous God. He is a generous God, right? He's not stingy. There's nothing stingy about him. The only thing that gets in the way of us fully receiving is us, right? We're what sends in the way. And he's showing us, he's like, hey, let's clear out some of that garbage so I can unleash my, my grace, my mercies, and my, my uh, gifts to you. Um, so I'm going to impart a, a blessing now onto you guys, a, a, a prayer. Um, I, I gave more in 2022 uh, than I've ever given in my life. I've always tithed, but last year I, I spoke for 15 minutes and uh, God's like, you know, do you believe this stuff you're saying? I'm like, I think so. I mean, I'm preaching it. I should. He's like, but do you? You know, and I want to kind of stop now. Like Luke 6, 30, I've given you a receive. Press down, check it together. Take a moment now. Do you believe that? Uh, so I want to pray over you. Anyhow, I gave more than 2022 than I'd ever given before. Last year was a horrible year in the market, and I received more than I'd ever received before. I made more money last year than I ever had before. So we think to say on stage, but I thought, it's, you know, this, I'm just saying, right? Um, but that is, it's not necessarily how it always works, right? Maybe you give today, and, and all of a sudden God unopens the heavens upon you. A lot of people are receiving from, from gifts they put in five years ago, 10 years ago, the seed that they sown in some missionary's heart 10 years ago, they're just now receiving the reward from that. I personally think best case scenario, if I never receive it here on earth and I get all my blessings on the rest of that rope, I am down for that all day, right? That would be amazing. But typically, you're going to see a blessing here and here. So I want to pray over you. And I, I, how about we all stand? Often I find, um, I find, I want to be kind of impart two things. One, I often find I had it, I had this spirit of, or I don't have a spirit, but like a, a mindset, of, like a poverty mentality. Like even when I started making a lot of money, even until recently, you know, recently, whatever that means, um, you know, I just had this, uh, and just, I'm always afraid something's going to happen. I'm going to run out of money. Something's going to happen. I'm going to run out of money. And I, you know, and my, it, was, it had my heart. So I want to pray for a release. I want to pray for a release of this poverty mentality that we can fully trust in the Lord. And so why doesn't everyone close their eyes? I'm going to talk slash pray. It's going to be awesome. So the first thing, Lord, that we, we want to, we want to break this mindset of poverty that many of us have, regardless of our position on this earth and how much money we have, we still have clung on to this, this, this mentality of, of poverty. And Lord, it is not of you because as Jackie said, you are a faithful God. You're always faithful. And like the first song, you are good. And when, how often do you let us down, Lord? You never, you will never let us down. So Lord, we just pray that there's a breaking of that mentality of, of 
not having enough or finding uh, security in, in, the, in finances, the lack, lack of finances that we have. Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you just come with your spirit and just break that upon our lives. Lord, release us so we can partake in the blessings and we can move our affection and our trust. You are our savior. and We, can, we don't want to trust in our chariots and our horses. We want to trust in you. And secondly, Lord, for those, Lord, who have, who have something, who have two pennies to rub together, Lord, whether it's a little or a lot, Lord, and for the subtlety that I struggled with, Lord, where all of a sudden some of my affections, unbeknownst to me, were moving away from you and were starting to settle on what I had, the safety that I found in what I had, Lord. Lord, just that you will return our hearts back to you. Lord, you're after our hearts. And Lord, we give you our heart. Lord, so we, we pray for forgiveness for moving that security away from you, Lord, and, and the subtlety that riches do, Lord, uh, moving our affections away. Lord, we return it back to you to the rightful place. And Lord, with, with doing both of these things, Lord, we, wanna, we, we pray for your floodgates to be open. You said, test me in this, Lord. So as we, as we give of our hearts to you, Lord Jesus, and as we give of our finances towards you, we're saying, Lord, I trust in you. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I trust in you. I know that you're my provider and I'm sowing into the kingdom of God. And I look forward to the souls that will be brought in, the friends that I will have forever. I thank you for sowing in and for the, the reward that I will receive forever. But mostly, Lord, I'm thankful for who you are and that I can participate in praising you through this, Lord, and through the giving of, of offerings, Lord Jesus, unto you. Lord, and for the blessings. And as you say, Lord, test me in this. Test me in this. So Lord, we just, we thank you. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops and vines in your fields and will not drop, and the fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be the delightful land. So Lord, we pray blessings on this group, Lord. Blessings, and may your floodgates open out upon them. In your name, amen.